0: you're listening to ed curation the podcast where teachers talk curriculum we make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh lively and authentic learning Welcome to Ed Curation. I'm excited today to have Maria Matos here talking about Montessori curriculum. It's especially exciting to me to have Maria because she was my daughter's preschool Montessori teacher when my daughter was three years old, maybe, and she's taken her Montessori skills teaching older kids. I'm excited to have her here to let us all learn a little bit about the Montessori philosophy and curriculum. Thanks for being here, Maria.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. This is exciting. I love talking about Montessori because it is a philosophy that just is expansive. And I've seen the way it has influenced education on many levels. So, we going to talk about it. So, I have taught primary age groups. So, that's the three to six-year-olds. There were two years where I taught high school Spanish, but the majority of my 17 years have been in the primary age group. So that's including kindergarten.
0: Is that the age level that you're working with today?
1: So today I am working actually with preschool. They had changed the program where we had a Montessori curriculum. Well, we do have a Montessori curriculum, but it was the traditional three to six model for a variety of reasons. The school and the teachers decided to break the kindergarten out of that. So right now, what I have is still the two to five-year-olds, but it doesn't necessarily include kindergarten. Kindergarten is now a separate entity at my school and the school where I am is a dual language model.
0: Tell everyone about the school that you're teaching at and this dual language model and, and the different age groups. Tell us about the population that you teach and where this dual language Montessori work is going on.
1: So it is in Denver. We serve a population that is mixed socially, socioeconomically mixed. It's also mixed very intentionally into two language groups, primarily native English and native Spanish. So in our dual language model, we have pods and each pod has 40 children or thereabout with two teachers. One that teaches exclusively in English and one exclusively in Spanish. And the idea being that the students get immersed in each language for nine weeks at a time. And so they switch teacher, like homeroom, but then throughout the year, they're getting their language instruction, say their literacy is always in their native language until they get to second grade. And then they start doing literacy in both languages. So by the time they leave our school at fifth grade, they are biliterate and bilingual.
0: Wow, that must be so inspiring. So, tell us what you love about teaching, what keeps you there for 17 years.
1: I will say that there is never a dull moment, <laughs> and it's always an honor and a privilege to do what I do. There are days that are hard, obviously, but there are days where I find myself saying, you know, to myself like I have the best job in the world. And I really mean that. It's just exciting when I work with the child and see their growth and see them get through, you know, have their little breakthroughs, whether it's emotional, social, emotional, cognitive, physical growth, development. It is a privilege and an honor. And I always feel very humbled by the trust given to me by the parents with their young children to spend every day with them more time than they get to spend with their children. And the influence that I get to have on their creating themselves as this little citizen and optimizing their development. It is an honor. That's
0: great, Maria. So one thing that's been consistent for you around much of your career, if not all of it, is your work within different Montessori school environments. So tell us about a little bit about Montessori. I think, I think people know the name. I think it's a household mm-hmm. name among educators and among parents. But tell us a little bit more about when you became a Montessori teacher and throughout your career as a Montessori teacher, what resources and training has been provided to you? What is this kind of Montessori curriculum? Mm -hmm. And let us know like on a more deeper level about it.
1: Where to start? First, to be a certified Montessori teacher, you take training. You can take it through. There are two schools here in Colorado that teach either at the AMS or AMI. American Montessori Society or American Montessori Institute. AMS is the program I went through. It's in Boulder. It's called the Montessori Education Center of the Rockies. And it is a program that you spend this whole summer, two months, every day, Monday through Friday, eight to four, doing intensive work, learning the materials, learning the philosophy. We create our own albums that are very thick, tense albums for each area of learning literacy math geography science etc and we handwrite these albums so it's part of the philosophy is that it's the process not the product so for us the teachers we go through this process of creating our own album so these albums become very valuable to each teacher we guard those (laughs) not with our lives but you know we, we guard them highly so when you go through the summer program, and then throughout the year, throughout the school year, then you do an internship with a mentor Montessori teacher. That's the ideal situation. Some teachers don't get that. Some teachers go straight into a Montessori classroom and just start teaching with distant mentorship provided by the trainers at mecker But ideally, you have a mentor teacher right there, just like you would do in a traditional teaching licensing where you do an internship. When you teach a classroom with the actual teacher there. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal situation in a Montessori setting. I fortunately had really great mentors where I started out. So I feel like I got a really strong foundation for this method.
0: And tell us a little bit more about these albums. This is a new thing. In other teaching credential programs, we don't have albums or maybe some do, but I've never heard of this before. So does this become kind of like the resources that you use to teach yeah. math and geography and, and literacy and all of that?
1: Correct. So after we complete our albums and do our internship year, we do go back another summer and just wrap things up. The albums are our manuals. We use those when we forget what a lesson supposed to be if we haven't given that particular lesson in a while. Or just to follow the order, you know, you want to start with the basic stuff and then you build upon that. So there's a lot of different areas, say in the math curriculum, that it's broken down into different sections. And so this manual that we create ourselves by observing at the training center, we write step-by-step lessons, we have the direct purpose, indirect purpose, and all of the added elements. That is our manual. Now, one thing that I think is exciting and kind of cool is that for a teacher who cannot do the Montessori training for whatever reason, but wants to know more about Montessori, wants to incorporate it into their classroom setting or home, there is a place called North American Montessori Center, and they actually provide the diploma. So they do have a training center there, so you can get a diploma. But what they provide in addition is the actual manuals, so, in a way, it's like cheating to <laughs> so just purchase this manual, which, you know, teachers who go through the training, you know, we slave over ours. But it is a nice thing to have available again for someone who can't do the training.
0: And what are they called? Are they called manuals from the mm-hmm. North American Montessori? Yeah. Yeah. It's just
1: Montessori manual. So, what they, provide is they have CDs, videos, they have printable materials, which is really helpful to have even for a teacher who has gone through the training to have access to these printables because, you know, in the literacy, the math, there's all these different sheets that correlate with the materials. And so to have these printables access to it is it's very helpful. But yeah, so each manual so you could get the whole set for $1,400, which sounds like a lot, maybe. But if you consider curriculums that schools purchase for other needs, I don't think $1,400 is really that high, especially if this is including the entire you know, scope of math, language, geography, science, etc. with videos and printables. But you can purchase those individually. So for example, one manual, somebody just wanted the math manual. They could purchase that individually and that's about $150. So it's really nice to know that that's out
0: there. That sounds exciting and accessible. So are these manuals organized by age levels or is it the same manual for all ages? How does that work? Because it's a mixed age group. Let's say there's a teacher who's a second grade teacher.
1: She would get the manual for lower elementary, which includes first, second, and third grade. And the way a Montessori classroom is set up is made so that any child within that three year span can access those materials, can access those lessons. And so that is how a teacher in a Montessori setting can adapt and individualize the learning for the children because it spans three years, for second, and third grade. So if there's a child who's a little bit lower or a child who's a little bit higher, there's that adaptability. There's a lot of flexibility there.
0: So being that you teach primary students currently, do you have these manuals? Do you have the whole set? What are you using with your students?
1: Well, I have my albums that I created. Once you do this for a long time, you don't go back to the albums that often, but they are there. For example, last year, I had you know some math materials, math lessons that I hadn't done in a while. So I had my manual there available to you know go to that section and teach using this material that I hadn't used in a while. So I was able to refresh my memory and see how it is that we present it. There was just one thing that I wanted to add. So in Puerto Rico, they have adopted the Montessori curriculum in their public school system so much that they have permanently established a Secretary of Montessori Education within the Department of Education. And that was done by an executive order. And recently, what was it? 2016, I think. So I just think that the reason that came about was because they were having trouble with the public schools and they were unruly. Kids were not showing up. It was just chaos. (laughs) It was not a good situation. And that's when they started closing down some of the schools. And there was a lot of parents who were advocating for the Montessori philosophy curriculum to be implemented in the public school setting. And this woman, Rosalind Raikwondo, she was a former principal in a Montessori program. She really pushed for the Montessori curriculum to be implemented because she noticed that when students were in this program, it didn't matter what the socioeconomic background was, there was a change in general classrooms. So, That's just something really, I think, exciting to know about. There's so much faith in it because of the success people have seen.
0: And so in 2016, is it now, is Montessori education now commonplace in all Puerto Rico public schools or in a number of them? So Puerto Rico right now has the highest
1: concentration of public schools in the U.S. I think it's 45 public schools that are Montessori schools. Now, I'm sure that there's still challenges there as far as training the teachers, getting the materials because it's expensive to set up a classroom. Montessori is usually at the primary level, but it does go through elementary and up to high school. So I think it's a work in progress and evolution, but it is something that believed in so much that they have put it into their legislation.
0: Wow. Do you think of ever going back? I home and, and
1: I think about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think about it sometimes. I will say one thing that holds me back is the pay is still not up there. Sadly, that does matter
0: at this point for me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about how you first decided to become a Montesquieu. The
1: first seed was planted by a friend of mine back when I was about 18 years old. And she would tell me about how she went to this Montessori school. And it was just amazing. And the teachers were all really great. And she just spoke about this experience she had, like it was this magical experience. And I didn't really understand a whole lot about it, except that I knew that Montessori meant quality. Years later, now my mid-20s, I stumbled upon one of Maria Montessori's books called The Secret of Childhood. And I read this book and I could see that there was something special and something more there. I understood it, but it's written in such a way that you going through the training really helped me solidify and crystallize what Maria Montessori was trying to get at.
0: What do you think you've been able to achieve with students in your care that you wouldn't have been able to achieve if you weren't using the Montessori methodologies?
1: Since I did the training, I feel like I learned so much about child development, what to expect and what to look for. Observation is really one of the key elements of all of it. Through this curriculum, I learned how to observe a child. And there's actually a structure. There's different ways of doing it. It's not just watching them, but we do it through different times, maybe observing a child for five minutes, every five minutes or a whole classroom for 20 minutes, maybe one child for 20 minutes straight. And the observations are very much just the backsman kind of observation. You do have then another part where you can add your own personal, what you think might be happening, what you think might have been happening with that child. Like, oh, this child came in and was feeling sad this morning, you know, something else that you can add to it. But the observations themselves are really meant to be very straightforward. You don't put your opinion on it while you're observing the child. And so by learning this, I learned really how to understand children. Coincidentally, I had a young child at that time. So it helped me observe my own child. I feel like it helped me be a better parent, but definitely a better teacher because there's this whole element of grace and courtesy that is a foundation of a monastery teacher, a uh, role model there's this whole element of peace education peace that is a part of it so you know this philosophy curriculum it goes in a few different directions and peace education is one of them cosmic education is another one the primary goal being that we as adults slow ourselves down to really observe the child and really honor the child and i think that by doing that I have been able to connect in really great ways with my students, and by that, I have a really positive influence on them.
0: You know, having been through the traditional teacher education program myself back in the 90s, we were never taught to observe our students. That was not ever part. I don't know if that's changed, you know, in the last however many years it's been and that more traditional teacher educations are being influenced by Montessori. And I know that in traditional ed, we're trying to make a more student-centered approach, but I've never heard anyone in the traditional school systems talking about observing children in the way that you are. So that's really exciting to learn about. So you said this learning all this has made you... Not only a better teacher because you're able to connect with the students, more, but even a better parent of your own children, which is always a benefit to all of us educators that have kids of our own. Can you say a little bit more about the ways that the Montessori approach makes you and your colleagues better teachers than you might be if you didn't learn all of this?
1: I guess I'd just go back to the, that same answer. It helps me be a calm peaceful teacher, not only understanding child development in a in a very unique way or just a deeper way, a big part of the training is that the preparation of the teacher. So this is a whole section that Maria Montessori talks about. And the preparation of the teacher, she goes very lofty, which is why the first book I read of hers, I was like, wow, this stuff is like out there. But she really believes that the teacher really needs to be centered and grounded in their own spirit and their own self. I mean, there's a transformation that takes place, maybe not to every teacher in the through the training, but I think to most. I know for myself, I felt that. That's why I feel like it made me not only a better teacher, but a better parent. There is this whole transformation that takes place. And it's all because of the idea that we want to really... Honor the child. You know, we want to take our adult centered notions that children are incapable and need help. You know, we take that out of our belief system and learn to approach children in a way that we are supporting their growth by mm-hmm. helping them do for themselves, not mm-hmm. doing it for them.
0: When my daughter was at the Montessori school where I first met you, she used to mispronounce the word self and do it herself because she learned that there and she would say <laughs> selfs something like mine do selfs you know i want um, to do it myself um, and she learned she learned to feed the fish she learned to, to take her food and put it away after eating and all these yeah. things that other kids that age weren't doing in mm-hmm. other environments so do the yeah. students <laughs> like it do the students enjoy the Montessori environment
1: yeah you know that question is for me it's like like Yeah, (laughs) I want to answer, like, absolutely. I mean, I can say yes because of the feedback that I get through parents. Gosh, they tell me how happy their child is and they seem happy. Like, the parents seem, you know, like confident to drop their child off with me. Every Montessori teacher is going to be different. But I think in a general Montessori setting, what you're going to get is a peaceful, orderly, beautiful classroom. And I think that that feeds the spirit of the child, there's so much in what we do that is like these small details such as the cleanliness, the order, the beauty of the classroom, the chosen, you know, the materials that we choose that is meant to feed the spirit of the child. And I see children who are happy. I see children who are confident. I see children who really learn to solve their own problems So I would say, yeah, they like it. And I think another thing that is funny I've observed is when I've had older children come into my classroom, I teach an after school program sometimes, enrichment program. And so I get fourth graders or second graders or third graders come into the classroom and they can't keep their hands off the materials. They just want to work with everything. It's just like this invitation to touch the materials. They just can't help themselves. And they even tell me like, oh, I want to go back to kindergarten or I want to come back to this. So yeah, I think that they like it.
0: You said that what people will see in a Montessori classroom is a peaceful, orderly, beautiful classroom. And I definitely remember thinking that when my daughter was at Montessori school. Can you give our listeners just a little overview for those that aren't as familiar with what Montessori education is like? What will they notice aside from a peaceful, orderly, beautiful classroom? What are some commonalities among different Montessori classrooms and whether teachers are using their own albums that that they created in training or accessing the materials from the North American Montessori Center? What are some commonalities among all Montessori education?
1: Okay, so typical in a classroom setting. Well, first thing, what they should see if it's a a well-done classroom, is a beautiful environment, orderly, a lot of natural materials. You'll notice in Montessori classrooms, the use of of natural wood, usually in its natural color. We try to stay away from the use of plastics, you know, plastic trays, this and that, but sometimes you will see that. It will happen, but primarily they're going to notice an orderly, beautiful classroom with materials that are set at the level of the children where they can access them themselves. They'll see materials that children can use that typically look like something adults would use, like tools, but they will be child-sized materials. They'll see children who are working independently in an ideal classroom. You won't notice the teacher. The teacher will be probably somewhere in the classroom on the ground giving a lesson So what you'll notice primarily are children working independently, peacefully.
0: That's exciting because schools nationwide that don't come from a Montessori background are really working towards personalizing education for students. They're really working toward providing students different individualized education plans to meet Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. Mm needs. And this is something that's been relevant for Montessori and known and implemented in the Montessori world for a long time. So who would benefit, even if you're not in Montessori school, or maybe Mm -hmm. are thinking about just growing their professional development background and exploring different possibilities for themselves, who should get to know Montessori learning? What kinds of teachers?
1: Any teacher who wants to add to their bag of tricks.
0: Now, the materials
1: that she first created They were designed with children who had some special needs in mind and then other children she saw observed using these and it's like, oh, they could all benefit from this. I have been in many IEP meetings where the goals are set and they want to offer ideas on what to do, how to help the child. And I'm like, you know, thinking there's already a lot of the things that are suggested in the IEP meetings to help the individual. Student and their individual needs, those things are there already for every student. So, you know, it's a very individualized approach. So, any teacher who wants to add something more, whether it's they want to add to their math area or their science or whatever area of the classroom they would want to further develop, they can get individual materials. There's a few websites that offer materials that can be purchased by anybody. Mean House, Montessori and such, Montessori services, Montessori outlet, a few different places where a teacher or individual could purchase the actual materials and use that. We have a teacher at our school who she is no longer teaching Montessori. However, she loves some math materials so much that she wants to continue using math materials. So, you know, you can incorporate these different Activities and materials would really, be in any classroom.
0: That's exciting. So it sounds like you are pretty set for the curriculum resources that you need in order to serve the students in your care. Is there anything else on the horizon, any other curriculum resource that you might be looking for, or any of your colleagues at your school? Personally, I am interested
1: in doing a little bit more work with Guided Reading Plus. And that's a a literacy curriculum. I believe it's three years long. I did one year, the first year of that training, I guess you call it, education, professional Mm -hmm. development. I noticed a big improvement in my reading groups. That's when I still had my kindergartners. And a huge difference from the first year I was teaching there to the second year after I'd done that training. So I feel like that is a really great program to take.
0: Well, it sounds like there's some exciting things going on at Escuela Valdez from the beautiful, calm, peaceful classrooms to the bilingual results that happen for students by the time that they move on after fifth grade. So thank you for sharing about some of that today, Maria. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out edcuration.com to find out more. That's E D C U R A T I O N.com.